Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Eric Kruger joins us from Smart Yield. We look at the markets. We look across the Midwest. We know that there's some warmer temperatures that are being factored in really all the way across the board. But we'll get more into the weather in a moment. The exciting thing is we can officially say Harvest Grind is here. It is. We're finally into that harvest grind, I think, really across the Midwest. Except you get a little north, of course, after that snowstorm that came through. But really across the heart of the green belt, we're really moving along and finally probably into that heart of harvest that we're looking for here over the next month or so. And it sounds like you're hearing in the same concerns I'm hearing is even though we've got some winds, for example, here in Nebraska, I know it's windy in Iowa as well, it'll aid in the dry down, but not fast enough. Yeah, we're we're seeing a little bit of that, guys, kind of wanting corn to dry down a little more. But it's it really goes back to to planting, and it was so spread out that we're going to see a little prolonged, you know, drying when it comes to harvest because we've got such different stages of maturity uh, and when the crop got there. But for the most part, we're seeing a lot seeing a lot of uh, producers get through beans, get to the end of their end of their bean harvest, and really getting focused on corn. So I'm curious, what are you hearing as you talk to your clients as to what they're seeing for the beans? You know, a lot of guys are seeing what they expected. Um, it's really across the board. Uh, anybody we talk to across the bill, it's, it's been across the board. And uh, nothing out of the ordinary, but nothing, you know, nothing really too head-scratching either. So it's, it's one of those things where every operation is a little different depending on when it was planted and, and when it came out. But, you know, I, I would say definitely what the USDA is putting on, uh, out in their predictions is looks pretty true. A little lower, little lower bushel number, but we'll see how that shakes out in the end. What you know, usually at this point, we're, we're seeing numbers pop up on social media, and Twitter's been quiet. Um, I've seen a few pictures of, of combines in the field, but that's about it. Nobody's, nobody's sharing as much information as has happened in the past. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I agree with you on that. And I think it's, I think it's just because it's, it's so delayed. Certain areas have been able to really have an open window in certain areas have caught more of the weather so i think we'll continue to see that the trade's kind of caught in between this thought of a little lower production what the weather is going to do going forward but also what we've had you know you get up into that upper tier of the midwest of north dakota south dakota minnesota northern iowa where they got this cold weather and these storms and what the repercussion is going to be from that you, know, you see both sides of it here guys saying everything's standard well you also hear of of areas that uh, they're looking at some pretty good production losses. So we're going to start seeing the net information come in here over the next few weeks and get a little better handle on on what the harvest really is. You know, Eric, we uh, we talked about this before we started the final bell today was earlier today we saw rain in the forecast thunderstorms talked about on sunday it has since moved out of nebraska iowa unfortunately it's gone north so the dakotas minnesota wisconsin not what they need and that's more moisture moving in yeah it's really not what they need you know a lot of people are waiting even after four or five days of dry weather here up there they're still it's still too wet to get in and and more moisture is only going to delay that further so you know it's a waiting game up there down here it's a little thankful for it. we're going to be able to continue to plow right along through harvest so uh, seeing both sides both sides of it there has the market reacted like you would think it is with the delayed harvest and now starting to pick up a harvest pace yeah, really, you look at it, and it's hard to notice, but on, on corn and beans, this is the first weekly lower close that we've had in the last three weeks. We're looking for four straight weeks higher, and, and it didn't quite get there this week, settled a little lower. Even with beans up today, didn't take out last week's close. But I, I think it was warranted that we're a little overbought. We're coming into the glut, glut of harvest where we have the most supply that we're going to have on hand and trying to 
ratchet through those numbers. And then you've got, of course, the other side, the demand side, where exports were a little weak on corn, right? And really good on soy, but it's, are the, are the purchases going to continue from China? What's going to shake out with our trade deal? And then also, uh, where's our corn going to be as far as yield and where's it priced versus the world? You know, we're heading into a weekend, so we can assume there'll be some sort of chitter chatter over the weekend uh, as we've seen the last couple of weeks in regards to trade with China. And we know that there's a pressure just locally here to get USMCA taken care of. Yeah, there is. And, and you know, we, we had a report yesterday um, and come out of South China from a news uh, report down there that they were talking about that China intends to purchase and increase purchases of agricultural products out of the U.S. And we saw it with pork. I think it'll carry over into soybeans, cotton, maybe ethanol. But until that happens, I think the trade is, is a drug on for so long. And until we we physically see more of that, we, we see a signed agreement, which still sounds like it's weeks away. Um, I think the trade will be a little skeptical, but in trade a little bit more of the unknowns of harvest with the yield loss, but also if we do see demand come in, that, that could be a, a real positive. So at this point, until the ink is uh, dry, shall we say, not a lot of panic on the, on the market side? I think so. I think so. Looking to the south, I mean, we know that South America corn planting is running behind normal. How do you see that as a positive for our producers here in the north? You know, anytime we're looking at taking out or the potential to maybe lower uh, the stocks number for the world on, on corn, it, it, it can always help us. I know Argentina's running about 4 or 5% below last year, but they're going to continue to see that delayed just because of the dry conditions. And the further it stays dry, the later that, that gets, uh, the more potential there is for that to help that world number lower. And then and in turn, that helps more demand come our way, but also the prices maybe move up. But, you know, I, I think... You don't hear a lot about it because we're solely focused on, you know, it's mid-October and we really still have probably, uh, we have an idea but not really a good idea of what our crop size is going to be. So I think until we get a little further along, we'll continue to focus on that. And of course, you know, South America has been very tight-lipped as to what they saw in production this last crop, but at least we're getting some trickling of information out now on their planting progress. Yeah, it, it's been good to see that. We did see a little bit of, of bean business go south on us this week, um, but but that's okay. I think it's that time of year where, where hopefully we'll continue to see exports pick up here into the winter. Well, stick around, folks. We're going to talk more on the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll look at more in-depth of those export numbers, what we're seeing. Also find out what uh, Eric's seeing when he looks out his back window as progress continues and the jump to the happenings on the livestock side as well. Wrapping up a crazy week with a lot of talk out there, not a lot of finalization when it came to trade. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Eric Kruger from Smart Yield joins us as we look um, to finish up the grain side. Export numbers, as, as you look at what we saw coming in in the export report for a Friday, what were your thoughts? You know, soy was a good number to where the market was looking. Corn really on the low side of that number. So a little disappointing there, but it's kind of, you know, where we're at. Um, uh, the price of corn to the world may be a little more and slowing that export down. Um, if we saw the dollar come down a little bit, that could help. But uh, I think, 
you know, it's that time of year where we're going to have the supply. Hopefully we see exports pick up. Um, you know, we haven't really talked wheat, but wheat really had a good week. Really, wheat had its third straight higher week on Chicago, Kansas City, the second straight higher week, and we closed higher on the day. So that's that's pretty positive. If we could get Kansas City going here, I think that supports the corn market as well. Well, let's jump over to the livestock side. we got to talk about something positive and exciting. Um, this cattle market has obviously... We got a great leg up, as you put it, on this cash market. My wonder is, are we going to make it another consecutive Saturday sales week like we've seen the last two weeks? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I think we, you know, I will step back and say, yeah, we've had a great leg up here in the cattle market. On the futures market, we've it's been well documented, of course, really over the last thirty days, an unbelievable run. Finally, had a correction today off of. Um, you know, really five, six, seven straight days of up on the front months of cattle. So uh, seeing a little bit of that um, correction is probably warranted. Um, December live cattle are kind of getting to their summer high. We saw November feeders push through that summer high and go challenge that high from back in May. So those those are positive things happening in the market, and hopefully we'll, we'll see that trend continue next week. So let's talk about this leg up on the cash. It kind of sets the tone for this final quarter. And nice to be able to talk about something really positive happening within this cattle market. Yes, it is. And, you know, we've seen cash really quiet this week. Heard some light 108 trade in the south and, you know, some offers a little higher up here in the north but we'll probably see some more of that come out maybe today hopefully um but the the futures market was priced way above where we we're trading really in the south too trading up into that 112 on the front month of of live cattle and with cash down at 108 price needed to see a little bit of a correction here before we can maybe make the next leg but the, the way it sounds and the way the trend of the market is is there should be continued strength hopefully into the first quarter um we, we believe on any pullbacks here hopefully we'll continue to be continuing to see buying support like we've seen really over the last three weeks could we see some profitability as we wrap up this final quarter and, and look towards 2020 yeah, I, I hope so. And I, I, we did see some here before the setback. You know, for the first time in quite a while, we were able to, uh, if you looked out to your your background in calf market, you could really protect a little bit of profit out on the January board on feeder cattle or looking out to your spring and summer uh, live cattle. There was there was profit to be able to, you know, that you could protect. So that's, that's a little different position than we've seen. Um, but it's nice to be able to uh, get those positions on if, if you're willing to and if you have, have the cattle. So looking at this cattle market, you talk about profitability, profitability in the feedlots as early as December. What are some things that these producers need to do, Eric, to ensure that they get that profitability? You know, we're big proponents of if there's profit there, there's nothing wrong with protecting it. You know, leave your upside open, but get some get some protection in place. The other side of that is if we do see a little bit of a correction here uh, into harvest in the corn market, there's it's never a bad idea to protect that cost of gain if you're feeding calves or if, if, you, if you're lot in cattle. So th- there's a lot of things that go into it, and weather's going to play a, a big picture over the next three months here. But there's all kinds of risks. Take as many of those risks out as we can, you know, and that's that's what we try and do. And of course, obviously, that risk is continuing to be what we see with with harvest numbers on the grain side to be able to meet that demand. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is, and you know, it's it's been a it's been a tough year up to this point. It's going to continue to grind and be tough, but as we come through it, it's nice to be able to see these markets rally a little bit to maybe put some profit back on the table. But the lack of profits in that feeder cattle market uh, for a Friday, we saw really kind of take a drop up to two dollars and 42 cents 
Yeah, we did. It, it really broke. And we, we settled back up a little bit off the lows, which was really nice. Um, uh, you know, you look over to the hog market, too, and we had a bigger break for some really, really good export news that we've seen, whether it was to China or Mexico, more out to 2020, but still great export numbers. And I think we need to see those sales continue. We need to see some better news to uh, continue that uh, out of China, maybe some more buying to continue that pork market to advance. But if you look at December hogs on the future side of it, they're trading at a premium to cash. I think we'll see that come back together a little bit. This time of year, we're usually at a premium discount. Uh, sorry, not a premium, but the discount to the ca- to the cash market. So we might see that come together. But all in all, the protein market is moving up, has been here over the last month. And I, I like we said, we hope to see that continue into the first quarter. So looking at uh, over the weekend into Monday real quick, what do you think is a positive takeaway? I, I think the positive takeaway is, is we've seen these markets leg up. We're seeing corrections. Nothing's out of the ordinary. And I think um, when we see profit on the table, guys, just it's that time of year where we're, we're knowing our production. We're, we're seeing the availability of it. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Eric? Uh, they can call us at 308-234-6805 or they can go online to mysmartyield.com. Thank you so much. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can get this as a podcast as well through our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you pick up your podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.